the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to The Truth is Always Called Terrorism. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is January 10th in the year 2023. As we enter into this year, it's probably worth time to reflect back on kind of the way our government handles truth, especially those truths and those directions of things that oppose the elite state. We're going to dig into that tonight, in particular with a look at a man by the name of Ted Kaczynski, the Uni- otherwise known as the Unabomber. And I think you're going to be amazed to learn a lot about him and what he was advocating for, though his methods may be in question. His philosophy, in my opinion, was right where we are. Before we begin tonight, make sure, patriots, that you're taking good care of your investments and protecting them as best you can in this critical time. That's why we have the great folks over here to take care of your gold. Whoops, hang on a minute. This is the wrong one. There you go. Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turned a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I am tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews. Secure your future with gold. Start today with a free info kit. There is zero obligation to make this request. Just text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. Birch Gold. Again, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. This is the best way to start the new year. So if we look back on our country in relatively modern times, you're going to find that we have a pretty sordid history with our law enforcement, in particular federal law enforcement. One of the areas that you've probably heard of is Ruby Ridge. Ruby Ridge was where the Weaver family was basically executed 
And the long issue there was the accusation of them being a white supremacist isolationist or breakaway group, which they had determined had developed crimes or whatever. And, and, pro- and probably they had the uh, Bureau of Tobacco and Alcohol and Firearms involved, so they had weapons charges against them and a variety of other things. But in this, this group that was living out of the way and basically uh, separated from people, this is how they responded, just so we're clear. The son, Sammy, 14 years old, was killed on, by the U.S. Marshals on August 21st. Um, the wife, Weaver's wife, Vicki, was killed with the baby in her arms on August 22nd. On 19, these are 1992, by the way. And then Weaver was finally handcuffed and taken out of the house after his daughters, 16, 10, and 8 months, 16 years old, 10 years old, and 8 months were removed from the house. The mother was left in the kitchen to rot for 10 days before they collected her body. That's our federal government. I just want to be clear about this. I don't know the crimes of these people in detail because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to dig into the crimes of these people, and it's very difficult to sort that out through all the reports. But this is an American citizen. This was his family. And this was the way the U.S. Marshals treated them. And I'm still having a hard time understanding what the lethal threat is of a woman with a baby in her arms and a 14-year-old boy. They killed them in cold blood. That was our U.S. Marshals. Okay. Another one you're very familiar with is Waco, also known as the Branch Davidian Cult. The federal people went in there. It's just interesting to note that the the federal agents that were killed in that, most people don't know this, but they had the the FBI agents that were heading in, that were sent into that Waco building, into the Davidian Cult building, or the Davidian Compound, they were had just agreed to testify against the Clintons, and they were killed. Isn't that amazing? They burned that building down with women and children inside, and the death toll was 77 dead when they were through. Burned these people alive, charging them with gun problems again, BATF. They're at it again. So I just want to be clear here of what we're dealing with. So now we're going to dig into another individual. Somebody who we've known as the Unabomber. I want to read you a little bit about the Unabomber. It's actually a pretty good piece. Surprising, this is actually a pretty good piece on Wikipedia about him. So I want to to go ahead and read it. Theodore John Kaczynski, also known as the Unabomber, is an American, ready for this, domestic terrorist and former mathematics professor. Between 1978 and 1995, Kaczynski killed three people and injured 23 others in a nationwide mail bombing campaign against people he believed to be advancing modern technology and the destruction of the environment. He authored Industrial Society and Its Future, a a 35,000-word manifesto and social critique opposing industrialization rejecting leftism, and advocating for a nature-centered form of anarchism. Hmm. By the time you get through with this tonight, you're going to look around and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't that what we are here in Bard's Nation? Yeah, 
pretty much. You're going to be surprised. In 1970, other than the violence of Kaczynski, which, of course, I have to say this openly, in no way do I want anybody to assume that in the process of this report tonight, am I advocating for violence? This is simply a peaceful reading of history to understand the past and better to better understand our future. There we go. In 1971... Kaczynski abandoned his academic career in pursuit to pursue a primitive life, moving to a remote cabin without electricity and or running water near Lincoln, Montana, where he lived as a recluse while learning survival skills to become self-sufficient. After witnessing the destruction of the wilderness surrounding his cabin, he concluded that living in nature was becoming impossible and resolved to fight industrialization and its destruction of nature through terrorism. We would call that um, overthrowing the government by virtue of that had become a despotic government. I think that's in the Declaration of Independence. In 1979, Kaczynski became the subject of what was, by the, the time of his arrest, the longest and most expensive investigation in the history of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The FBI used the case identifier... UNABOM, Unibom, University and Airline Bomber, is what it stood for, before his identity was known, resulting in the media naming him Unibomber. In 1995, Kaczynski sent the letter to the New York Times promising to desist from terrorism if the Times or the Washington Post published his manifesto, in which he argued that his bombings were extreme by, or, but necessary in attracting attention to the erosion of human freedom and dignity by modern technologies that require mass organization. The FBI and Attorney General Janet Reno published for the publication, pushed for the publication of the essay, which appeared in the Washington Post in September of 1995. Upon reading it, Kaczynski's brother, David, recognized the prose style and reported his suspicions to the FBI. Kaczynski was arrested in 1996 and maintaining that he was sane, tried and failed to dismiss his court-appointed lawyers because they wanted him to plead insanity to avoid the death penalty. He pleaded guilty to all charges in 1998 and was sentenced to eight consecutive life terms in prison without the possibility of parole. On December 23, 2021, Kaczynski was moved to Federal Medical Center Butner, which they say is for patients or I should say inmates needing medical care. They probably have him on all sorts of drugs. Who knows? One of the books you may know him for is called The Anti-Tech Revolution, Why and How. That's an interesting book. I have it. But let's dig into Kaczynski a little bit. So I think you're going to find this of extreme interest. But before we do, let's uh, remember about our pew-pew needs. You know how passionate I am about our Constitution and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro, and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10%, plus get free shipping 
with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to itargetpro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. All right, so we're going to dig into a little bit of the Kaczynski here, which is quite interesting. This actually comes from a thread written by a guy by the name of Jash Dalani. Uh, he's on, he is on Twitter, a really good thread. I'm going to take some stuff from him. He did some great research on kind of consolidating the Kaczynski's perspective. Now, a couple things about this. Ted Kaczynski had an IQ of 167. So you're not talking about some lunatic, so I can say this. And I'm going to further prove that. He was admitted into Harvard at age 15. And he was the youngest ever math professor at University of California, Berkeley at age 25. And it took the FBI $50 million, over $50 million to find him in that investigation, by the way. So let's look at some of the things Kaczynski was saying. Now, keep in mind the year of this. He was arrested in 1995. And so his work was over a process of quite a number of years where he was involved in trying to wake people up to what the impending threat was to humanity. And that began in 1971. So what we're going to go over here was written in various forms between 1971 and 1995. Keep all that in mind, considering how accustomed we've become to tech in 2023, Okay and how little there was in those years. Remember, the tech revolution didn't really kick off until the mid-90s. And that was this big, you know, big dot-com bubble that ended up breaking later on in the late 90s. But the whole dot-com bubble was really the thrust of that was in the 90s. So here we go. Kaczynski lists four big problems with modern civilization. Excessive density of population, isolation of man from nature, excessive rapidity rapidity of social change the broken down the breakdown of nature small scale communities or natural small scale communities such as the extended family the village and the tribe by the way thoreau talked about these same things it's very interesting so thoreau didn't send bombs in the mail but thoreau t- would today probably be considered a domestic terrorist if you know thoreau the, and that, that was from the 1800s. All right, so we continue on. The big difference between the primitive civilization and our contemporary world, Kaczynski says, is that before individuals had a lot of autonomy while the state was largely powerless to penetrate into the everyday life of people. Kaczynski went on to argue that modern tech suddenly flipped that balance because it was able to penetrate into the family. And so the balance of power between the individuals and the larger system flipped when machines made much of human labor obsolete while simultaneously allowing big corporations and big government to observe, track, exclude social media bans, stripping away bank accounts, anyone being naughty. So this is pretty amazing because these insights were coming again in the span of 71 to 95. And he's also in line with another group that was struck up in the nine, in the 1800s, which were called the Ludites. 
And the Luddites were anti-technologists. They saw the same thing. They saw the, dis, the, dehumanizing, the dehumanizing of people through the industrialization and the manufacturing process. And the Luddites made it their job to sabotage manufacturing facilities or specific pieces of equipment so things couldn't continue. Okay. So Kaczynski wrote, The Industrial Revolution has radically altered man's environment. It is to be expected that as technology is increasingly applied to the human body and mind, man himself will be altered as radically as his environment and way of life have been. In other words, he just forecasted transhumanism way before that, the concept of that was even considered in the mainstream. With robots, he, he writes, doing most work will be people, most work will work, people will find work in service industries. The question, I'm sorry, rephrase that. The, the postulate was with robots doing most of the work, will people find work in service industries? And Kaczynski wrote, no, people reject the pointless busy work of driving each other around, making handicrafts, waiting on tables, and embrace dangerous outlets such as drugs, crimes, cults, and hate, hate groups. Think about what I just wrote there and where we are today. We talk about this disenfranchisement of people, and we do, at the center of it is a lack of faith, but there's a bigger component here, which is a lack of purpose in society. And that lack of purpose has to do with the type of jobs people are left to do. Even if you're working in tech industries, this cubicle world that, oh, by the way, women in the women's live movement, you all seem to be so excited about getting out there and getting into cubicles like men. I don't know what that excitement's about, but good luck and good on you. But anyway, that whole part there about people being forced into cubicles, being in these very mundane jobs that have no purpose. And now with the advent of AI and people seem to be really excited about this, where AI is going to think for you, you're dehumanizing the person and purpose so much. The, the street violence of men with gangs and stuff with young men is not surprising because there's no purpose anymore. Men are testosterone driven. So why do you wage war on men? And why do you try to, to blend and confuse gender? Because they know very well that those classes of people have the potential of coming together to overthrow the elites. So you wage war on strong men. You, you insult them. You de demean them. You make them constantly something as an outlier. And then you allow the outlets for those to occur. The, the, the quote-unquote heavy testosterone men become stereotyped in terms of gangs and violence so that the society will be migrating away from that and by choice choose to have a soy-based male, as our young women are doing so much today, wanting men in skinny jeans because they want to be the dominant control in the, in the marriage, in the relationship. And so we've inverted and willfully seen a society invert the roles of the man and the woman because man being a man in this world has no place. It's hard for a man to be a man now. And that's part of the war that's been waged on men. And that centers a lot from the work. I mean, here you are as a, you take a guy who's energetic and he's focused and you're like, okay, uh, I just, we're ready to hire you. It's like, what am I going to do? You're going to sit in a cubicle and do what? Look at a screen all day and do what? You're going to do this exciting work of doing stuff on a computer. 
but be careful. Don't touch the keys too hard. You might break a keypad. Be delicate now. Be careful. And remember, your computer, be nice to it. It's the only one you have. This is the world we're in. And it's complete, it's turning our entire male population into eunuchs. Because there's no outlet for them to be men. There's no physical work unless they choose trades. But the idea in that is even to separate that because they're trying to automate trades with robot, robot systems, AI systems. All of this is to strip away any sort of aggression in society and break it down to where it's emotional and notional. And women, no offense, but your whole, your group, <laughs> women in general, you are more emotional centered. And that's what they're trying to get us all to so that we spend more time in, in the emotional drama of things rather than in the, the hard, fast, get it done, tactile, focused, strategic thinking, which men excel at. Kaczynski saw this coming. And he knew that this would be an evolution of the modern civilization. Interestingly, though, what's missed is that because Kaczynski is called a terrorist, and they do a good job of tagging him as a domestic terrorist. But what people don't realize is he was strongly anti-left. And again, I give you the years. His primary focus of these years was 71 to 95. Listen to this quote. Leftism is the long run inconsistent. Leftism is in the long run inconsistent with wild nature, with human freedom, and, and with the elimination of modern technology. Leftism is collectivism. It seeks to bind together the entire world, both nature and the human race, into a unified whole. Hmm. Sounds a lot like progressive liberalism and gender confusion LGBTQ policies. Interesting. So while he's focused a great deal of his attacks on the left, he also had some very poignant and powerful things to say about the conservative base, what we might call the right in this nation. And in his point, conservatives are fools, he wrote. They whine about the decay of traditional values, yet they enthusiastically support technological progress and economic growth. Apparently, it never occurs to them that you can't make rapid, drastic changes in technology and the economy of a society without causing rapid changes in all other aspects of society as well and that such rapid changes inevitably break down traditional values. That is so on point. And it's something that's the eagerness to embrace technology without the, con the understanding of consequence for what we accept. How many conservative families have turned to iPads and cell phones with, and computers to be the babysitters? All of these things cause effect. When you start to get kids tied to a screen, they're less tied to family. You, how many families sit and really have a meal together these days and have real legitimate conversations? It's, it just doesn't happen like it used to because technology is that, is that implant that we put in there to start separating and destroying things. So as we continue, this, the system knowingly destroys innate bonds between people 
because it wants to soak up all the loyalty and energy of individuals itself. Kaczynski wrote, the technological society has has to weaken family ties and local communities if it is to function efficiently. He's calling this a technological society, and we've kind of gotten wrapped up into the progressive left, World Economic Forum, all these things. But in fact, he's dead on. This is the rise of the technocracy. And the technological society that we are being pushed into and wrapped around is trying to tie us into such a way that we can't get out. I read a post today in the in the Bart's Telegram room today, Bart's Family Telegram, and it's on point to this. Because what was written is essentially is we can't escape this. And they were writing about how it's impossible it's become too impossible to overcome this. There's too many places they control. They can, they control communications. They control money. They control this. We have we we can't overcome it, and therefore our only answer is to wait for Jesus, and to pray. And I was decided not to respond because I wouldn't have responded very nicely. That's not true. This is going to take an effort and it's going to be hard but we have choices to make and we're reminded in scripture that for every temptation God gives us a way out even though we may not like that choice we have a choice there's so many different ways to innovate and get past this current problem if we come together but it takes rebuilding something they don't want us to have and Kaczynski wrote about it we have to rebuild our communities we have to rebuild our families we have to rebuild our tribes and we have to work through this process together to build that strength. And it takes a lot of work. And it takes a lot of getting your hands dirty. I mean, the seven pillars of county by county are the foundation of making this pivot. And it's interesting as I go back through Kaczynski's work to realize, like, my goodness, you know, where we have actually arrived is we are now domestic other than the illegal and very bad idea of sending mail bombs to people that are trying to destroy the country and that illegal crime, which got him in trouble. His manifesto is spot on to where we have arrived, what he's been talking about. So democracy, he writes, with advanced tech is less free than a dictatorship with primitive technology. Man, is he right about that? A low-tech society has no rapid long-distance communications and no surveillance cameras, no dossiers of information about lives of average citizens. It's easier to evade control. So the question was put is, can we go back to small-scale communities? And Kaczynski says no, because we are enmeshed with and dependent on large-scale systems like public utilities, computer networks, highway systems, the mass communication media, and the modern healthcare system. So then the question is this, how do you rebel? Which we're going to come back to that in just a second. But what I think is interesting is to look some of this a little bit deeper and to look at the three, what he calls the three dystopian outcomes of where we currently sit. Now, here's some quotes from Kaczynski I think that are interesting. Now, it's, 
the individual and small groups will be impotent vis-a-vis the large organizations armed with super technology and an arsenal of advanced psychological and biological tools for manipulating people besides instruments of surveillance and physical coercion. I, I just have to keep going back to the time frame in which he's writing this, folks. This is unbelievable. This is a man that was seeing through the veil long before anybody had any idea what was going on. This puts him in with Bill Cooper and the John Birch Society. I mean, these are folks that were visionary in the times of seeing truth, right? Okay, so there's, with this, there are, because Kaczynski sees basically three future scenarios in the current way of thinking and the, in the people walking in this system. One is that machines become smart enough to run civilization. Humans turn complacent. The danger is that human race gets so dependent on the machines that it, ha- it would have no practical choice but to accept all the machines and the machines' decisions. The second dystopian concept is that a tiny elite controls the tech and unleashes a brave new world on everyone else. Kaczynski, life will be as purposeless that people will be biologically and psychologically engineered to make them sublimate their drive for power into some harmless hobby. <laughs> There's this movie with Sylvester Stallone and I can't uh, Snipes, I think it is. And they're two. There's a he's a cop, and Snipes is a is a criminal, and they get put into this chirogenic chamber as a prison for so many years, and they get reprogrammed, and they come out, and all the and Stallone now has this desire to knit. They've taken his fierce warrior energy, and they've put it into him to knit. He becomes very good at crochet and knitting. It's unbelievable. That's that's right. What they're saying right there. Third dystopian possibility: most people become jobless and live off of welfare because they can't acquire the level of training necessary to make themselves useful. The cognitive elite will also need to become reliable, conforming, and docile to stay employed. We are in a situation right now where there's so many choices before us, but they want us to believe that there is absolutely no way out. But the way out of this is not going through them, but to break from them. That's the big piece that we have to start confronting. That's really interesting how well Kaczynski understood the political left. And in, he, he was very much against it and saw what it was doing. The industrialization and its consequences, he wrote, have been dis- a disaster for human race. And the left is... And the left is this civilization's biggest defender. The political left is technological society's first line of defense against revolution. And that's the exact inversion that we're told. We're told that the left are the radicals and the revolutionaries. They are the defenders of the technological society. Take a look around at what's happening. Those that are wanting, wanting liberty and freedom get attacked if you're a white Christian, which means that you are not going to put your alliance to the deep states. You're going to get attacked and it's encouraged. Criminals are let off and they've opposed their groups against one another easily. Antifa, BLM, agents of terror that go against those that want to seek liberty. Antifa becomes a promoter and a protector of the dystopian world. And the left that hears the ideas, even the moderate left, because they are functionally brain dead, 
and lack cognitive ability on their own other than being what they're told. They're intellectually smart and common sense stupid. And so they listen and obey to what they're told by their advocates like on CNN. Those Trump supporters are neo-Nazis. We're going to see the rise of Nazism. Then we must get rid of it at all cost. And Antifa is launched. And they see Antifa as the hero. But Antifa is protecting the technological society as the left celebrates the greatness of a new app that they made to save the world. By the way, all that work that went into that app in San Francisco, that one they did that allowed people to walk around the streets and not fix the problem, mind you, but take pictures and geolocate human poop, yeah, that app, that's kind of gone now that the rains just came and washed it all away. See, that's the way the, the technological society works. It's meaningless work. It has no purpose in it. And you're not creating something that's a legacy. You take an app as a great example. There's a mentality in the left that we can create an app to change the world. Are you going to do anything? Yes, I'm going to create an app. Well, what's going to change the world? It's going to be informational. We're going to be awareness, and it'll suddenly change. Like, you know, you're going to throw some water on the ground, and suddenly a whole new world will erupt. A perfect society will grow out of the earth. That's the way the left thinks. And it's dangerous. Kaczynski wrote that the leftists can't truly rebel against the modern world because their urge to conform is too great. Quote, the over-socialized person is kept on a psychological leash and spends his life running on rails that society has laid down for him. The over-socialized person cannot commit micro-rebellions without feeling guilt. Kaczynski writes, he can't break traffic laws, goof off at work, or hate someone. The over-socialized person cannot even experience without guilt thoughts that are contrary to the accepted morality. That's the hive mind. The leftist dream of united of a united world needs technology. You can't have a united world without rapid transportation and communication. You can't make all people love one another without sophisticated psychological techniques. Where we go one, we go all. The welfare state, too, needs technological base. That interesting. So this whole unified, we will be united again, is going to be driven by a simple fact that we have technology to force this to happen because you have to influence people psychologically. Leftists and power. Leftism is driven by the need for power and the leftists seek power on a collective basis through identification with a mass movement or an organization. Leftism is unlikely ever to give up technology. Technology is too valuable a source of collective power. And this one's real interesting. Art forms for the left that appeal to the modern leftist intellectuals tend to focus on sordidness, defeat, and despair, or else they take an orgiastic tone, throwing off rational control as if there were no hope of accomplishing anything through rational calculation. That's true. Take a look at the state of art these days. I mean, literally, you come up with the wildest idea. You can, I, I really, you know, you could probably take a canvas up to the ranch and I could probably just smear cow poo on one of them and take it out there and go still life a modern still life of the 23rd century or the 21st century and people would be like I'm so moved look at that that texture how did you get that 
<laughs> I'm telling you, these people, they're nuts. That's what they think of art these days. Uh, I could, all I'd have to do is put a little varnish on it. And then, and then I could add the thing, scratch and sniff. You'll experience the whole sense of nature right before you. That's an idea right there. Anyway, we, we see the problem here, right? And ultimately, Kaczynski was seeing that the left-wingers suffer from low esteem, feelings of powerlessness, depressive tendencies, defeatism, guilt, self-hatred. Well, we can prove that. Just take a look at somebody. Oh, there's a, here's a video the other day. This is for real. There's some fad going around in TikTok that they stick a, their phone in their back pocket, but they put the camera facing out to watch who looks at them. And the idea is to see who's looking at your butt. I, this is not something that I really care, nor is it something that I would do, but apparently it's a big deal. And in the testimony I saw the other day, this poor soul, she was broken. She even said it was the most depressing and most difficult day of her life. When she went back and she reviewed all the, the footage she had recorded on her camera while shopping, probably shopping at Walmart too, and here's the deal. Not one person looked at her butt. And she said she had a big butt, too. She said so. That was her testimony. And she said that not one person looked at her butt. <laughs> and she was broken, crying. It was a testimony. Leftists have no self-esteem. They're broken souls. I'm telling you. What can you say to these people? So let's talk a little bit about where this takes us because it sounds like it's all over. And it's not. It's only just beginning. So Kaczynski writes that we must work to heighten the social stresses within the system so as to increase the likelihood that it will be weakened sufficiently so that the revolution against it becomes possible. I love this. That means you have to start denying the system what it wants the most. It wants your obedience. You, you have to weaken the system in order for, to break the system. So we go back to the seven pillars of county by county. Huh, that sounds kind of radical. I wonder if some radical guy put that together. The idea of setting up your own home churches. The idea of supporting homeschooling. The idea of growing your own food. The idea of setting up your own work so that you're doing your, using your own skills and talents, not relying on someone else to provide a paycheck, so that you have skills and talents to barter with. The idea of taking, managing your own health so you're away from the health the healthcare system, the corporate tyranny of medical system. The idea of building resource libraries and learning and gaining knowledge on skills and, and abilities and being aware of what goes on in your community and understanding your laws so that you understand how to navigate. And the idea of stewardship and conservation to ultimately move you towards a system of breaking from the dependency on the system. That's how you begin the chaos. Because you weaken the system. The system then is at a place where it's looking for you to be compliant. And you're like, I'm not buying your vegetables. I'm growing my own. I'm not buying your meat. I'm growing my own. I don't need your banking because I've got trade set up. We've set up our own currencies in our communities, in our co-ops, which is legal, by the way. We've set up our own currencies in our co-ops. We're now exchanging our own, doing our own currency exchange. We don't need you. And slowly we start to pull ourselves away from the system and the system weakens. And it doesn't, it's not one big 
Jenga move. It's a well, it's Jenga. As you know, if you know how to play Jenga, it's you're pulling pieces at a time until finally the tower becomes so unstable it falls. That's the idea. And it's chipping away a little bit at a time. As grocery stores expand to provide you with these new services of all this new vertically grown garbage that's genetically modified, people just aren't there to buy it. So what do they do? They can try to pass laws to force that to happen, but there's another problem with that. That's called Second Amendment. It doesn't work. And so they're going to be forced ultimately to have to downsize, shut stores, and the institutions that they're trying to force upon you financially can't sustain. And that list goes on of things of noncompliance. Kaczynski wrote, develop and propagate an ideology that opposes technology and the industrial system, like seven pillars of county by county. This will ensure that when the industrial society breaks down, it stays broken, absolutely. Because when it falls, people are going to be looking for quick solutions. And they're going to absolutely be seeking that which is easy. But there's no easy way out of this. We're going to be in a bifurcated society. There's no way around that. We're going to be in a society of those that seek to walk this path of kingdom. And we're going to have to reject to a large degree all this modern technology because everything about this modern technology leads to somebody controlling somebody else. And that's a choice we're all going to have to face and are facing now. And so as you weaken the system, you set the system up that you have an alternative ideology to offer. Because if you don't have something to offer as an alternative ideology, people will pivot back to what they did before. And that takes a nurturing and a development which centers on faith, gets us back to walking in our loving God, our conservation and stewardship of what we are given, and all these other pillars in, in this that put us back in control of our lives to reestablish and reclaim that sovereignty that God gave us. And ultimately, he writes, and this is very unpopular with some, factories must be destroyed and technical books must be burnt. In other words, he's trying to break completely from the world that they forced us into, their factory design, their technical schematics of how we were supposed to work in their world. Because all, it's all lies anyway. Everything they do in one way or another is twisted to benefit them. In other words, we rewrite the books from bottom up. Ultimately, Kaczynski's idea is to return to nature. And it's counter-ideal. It's the counter-ideal to technology. And he says, and he looks at this because it's self-contained, it's beautiful, and already has tremendous popular appeal. Well, that's true, but it's also hard work. The technological civilization must expand wastefully to survive, is ugly, and is largely despised. This whole AI push is being done because the beast of the system that they created cannot be managed by the people that created it. So they're now creating a master system that will rule humanity to ensure that technology becomes the center point for our future and more, that we become integrated with technology. Just listen to Elon Musk. And I'm even finding religious leaders that are seeing this as a good idea. There's already churches that are buying digital property in MetaWorld so that they can set up their churches in virtual space. This is the nonsense that's going on. They all see this as like, well, it's a great new horizon. It's not a great new horizon. It's the greatest trap ever laid. 
this quote here, secure aristocracies that have no need to exert themselves usually become bored, hedonistic, and demoralized, even though they have power. This shows that power is not enough. One must have goals towards which to exercise one's power. And that's ultimately the empowering statement for everybody here tonight. You have to have a direction and a goal of what we're trying to accomplish. It's one of the reasons we spend so much time on county by county, on the seven pillars of individual sovereignty. And it's not a perfect model. There's always room. But it is a template to use and put into your life. It is a template to reestablish that purpose in life, to reclaim that energy in life, that power that we're given. It's a way to formulate a movement towards the family, to where we reorganize and restructure as God intended. Everybody has roles and functions. And it's a powerful reclaiming of what we need in this country to take this country back. We're in a strange world right now. I listened to a bunch of videos today on the defense, one of the defense shows that they had. And it, it is literally like the craziest world you've ever been in. This is like a guy talking about a new sports car. Well, we've got this new vehicle here. And the great thing this year is it's integrated. It's all integrated technology. We've got to be able to talk about this system to this system. And that way on the battlefield, we can share information. And we've got this new 30-millimeter 30, 30 gun up here. It's fantastic because this thing now, as it's networked into the main system, we're going to be able to find our target and fire it down range accurately while we systematically tie in with other drone systems and we can neutralize the target. This is a world. This is a world that they live in, that they live by, that they feed on. They sell this crap like it's no big deal. And what we're talking about is the obliteration of human lives. We're talking about warring with one another and it's this whole new technology developments, the great new introduction of the B-21 bomber, a new network system that allows us to now have drones and bombers that go strategically to bomb other countries. Gee, I can't think of something more enjoyable. Let's go wage another war. See, these people are sick. They live in a world of destruction. They are trying to build technology into our lives to create greater and bigger ways to use it. And the only way you can use technology to its max is to declare war on somebody or something. We have to be the purveyors of a change. We have to be the foundation of that light. And as it will get darker, and I really want to be clear here. If you're living under the idea that things are going to get easier in 2023, you're wrong. It's going to get rough. We're going to see more and more squeezes on our life. But here's the thing. God has provisions for us. God is, we're leaning into him. And you're going to have to have enormous faith right now. Because the tendency and pressure is to accept their technological solution. AI to make your life easier. Take a shot to get healthier. We're going to cure cancer now with mRNA injections. It's now being tested and ready to roll out as mRNA causes cancer. We're going to put you all in uniform boxes to live in because it's easier to maintain. We're going to give you a new currency. It's digital. It makes it easier to transact. You don't have to carry change in your pocket anymore. We're going to grow your food vertically so we can guarantee that we get better production and a higher quality produce to your door as long as it's genetically engineered the way we want it to keep you dumb and submissive. And please, don't filter your water because we want to keep pumping in crap into your water to 
calcify your pineal gland and keep you in that retarded state that you've done so well at so far. A matter of fact, humanity, if I was sitting in the chair of the elites right now, I'd say, I'd like to give humanity a gold award. You all have done a brilliant job of being retarded and obeying our rules. So thank you. And this year's Global Global Dumb Awards are given to you all. That is where we have arrived. The fact that we have to get to is to say no. And that means focused on breaking away. And the irony of ironies is this domestic terrorist, Kaczynski, the Unabomber, he understood it. He was fighting for it. And while we, the narrative writes him to be a domestic terrorist, I have a suspicion that in future histories we're going to write him as a revolutionary and a patriot radical. Let's pray. Father, we are blessed as we come to this evening together, humbled before you, as we reflect, as we do each night on this world that we're in, this dystopian place that we're walking in, where up is down and left is right. This world of crazy, where they're constantly trying to push upon us these ideas that somehow war and pain and suffering are a constant state of humanity, that we can't get along, that division is normal, that hatred becomes the latest flavor of the day. Father, we're, just, we're praying right now for unity. We're praying to cast aside this nonsense. We're praying for some a hand of justice that binds the tongues of these divisive speakers and voices that constantly are trying to divide us. We pray for the return of the power back to the people, and we're also acknowledging that some of this is happening in little ways. So hear us, Father, and thank you for that. Though we have a step to make in trust, we are seeing your hand at work as we've seen prayer in the NFL, as we see change in the House of Representatives, and as we see other movements across the world standing up and pressing in against these governments. What we pray for more than anything is the clarity and discernment on this path, not to be deceived and pulled aside by the lures of technology and convenience. This night as well, we pray for Ted Kaczynski, wherever he is. Whatever his choice of action and violence, it's not something we're praying for, but we do pray for his continued health and his intellect that provided us an insight and a template long before we were ready to see how this world and society was actually going. We thank you for that voice. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So patriots, the biggest thing is when we keep our eyes open and we're discerning, we have to at times go back and reread those that they tell us are evil. And that's both sides. Talk to you at length about how I've read most of Karl Marx's work. I'm not a Karl Marx fan, but I will tell you he is definitely a voice that we have to pay attention to because he has been instrumental in identifying and shaping the world that we're in today. And when you talk to people on the right, you're just going to hear, well, he was a communist. He started this. He was an, which is not at all true. And that goes along with other people in history as we go along to pay attention to. Our government doesn't have a good track record of dealing with people that oppose it. The Branch Davidians, Ruby Ridge, Lavoie. These people were all murdered at one point or another because they defied the federal agencies. 
Kaczynski took it to another level. He went on the offensive. He ended up in jail. But what he wrote is profound because it was insightful into the world that we are living and walking in this very day. He saw it coming before anybody even had eyes to see other than just a handful. And so it's worthy to reflect on what he's saying. Our greatest strength is to break from the system, to not give it the fuel that we are trying to feed, that it wants us to feed. We have to make those strong and powerful pivots in our lives, which increasingly puts more demands on all of us, but it's doable and we're seeing it happen all over. So follow that path as you're led. Take it to prayer. But I'll tell you, as we follow the direction the Father is leading us, it's not taking us into technology. It's going to take us away. So we have to learn to adapt, build the skills to achieve, and in so doing, set ourselves free. This is the true Exodus 2.0. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, 
We'll lie to our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 